Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now it's time to listen to this week's message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Who knows Jesus is better in this place today? Praise the name of the Lord. Well, we just concluded that series last month talking about Jesus is better from Hebrews. And we wanted to use that as a tie-in. And the only bad news that you're going to hear today is that Zay is better than me. He gets... He, he can convince you in five minutes, but I need about 50 minutes the rest of this morning to convince you and to speak to you. But praise the Lord, Zay, what a great job giving glory to God. But today we transition out of Hebrews, Jesus is better, into a series dealing with emotions. In fact, I was uh, talking to some people in our new growth phase there in Ackworth, Dallas uh, area, and they were asking about our church. They don't attend here, but they attend the growth phases. And they were asking about our gatherings and what take place and where it was. And I let them know that we were starting a new series with uh, dealing with emotions. And I said, you know, I know you don't have any, you know, and uh, you don't ever deal with them. But for the rest of us, we need to look at this theme and what God in Scripture says regarding emotions. Of course, they laughed um, being a, a dating couple and some others that were there. But we're coming out of this series, Jesus is Better. And notice that one of the lines in Zay's spoken word is times when it doesn't feel like Jesus is better. What about the times when it doesn't feel like Jesus is better? What's interesting is many of us think that those times happen only in the down times. But history says otherwise that people, even in their success and even in the high times, find out that even in those times, sometimes it doesn't feel like Jesus is better. Today I want to just teach a simple message. But it's not a message so much as to take a journey to lead to a moment of encountering. Encountering a resurrected and living Lord and Savior who's king of the kingdom and the kingdom is here and it's able to break into our brokenness and bring completion. It's able to break in into our emotional bondages and our emotional heartaches and bring healing. That's where we want to go today to encounter a king whose kingdom is here. Who wants to heal where there's been damaged emotions. First thing I want to say, you can follow along on the sermon card if we have them. Anybody have a sermon card? I sensed that when I said it. But anyway, <laughs> that's a good place. That means the inside's alive this morning. On the inside of it. But listen, first thing we want to mention today is first, we were all born with emotions. What we mean by this is we were all born with the capacity, the capacity of experiencing emotions. 
We are emotional beings. We're not just physical beings and we're not just spiritual beings. We are emotional beings. In fact, I want us to read together 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that God wants to sanctify you completely. Some translations say entirely. What it means is, is your entire person or your complete person consists of spirit, soul, and body. The soul of us as humans is made up of the mind, will, and emotions. Notice God doesn't just want to sanctify your mind. He doesn't just want to sanctify your will. But He also desires to sanctify our emotions. Now, the word sanctify means set apart. God of peace wants to sanctify us wholly, and that includes our emotions. See, listen, for Scripture to provide the complete truth for our complete life on earth, it must address our complete person. I'll say it again. For Scripture to provide the complete truth for our complete life, it must address our complete person, including our emotions. This is one of the things that speaks to the validity of Scripture. Speaks to the inspiration of Scripture. See, the goal, if you ever write a book, is to not fill it with mistakes. In fact, we had to rush the first print of my first book because of starting a discipleship program. And Myself, who's not a good editor or good at English, found 90 mistakes just in the first edition. <laughs> Hopefully it went down in the second edition. But listen, the goal when you're writing a book is not to have mistakes, to, to expose weaknesses. But in God's Scripture, because it addresses the complete person, and our complete life is filled with all kinds of stories of people and their brokenness, of people and their emotional range. There's things in this book that God has chosen to record that I have to filter even in my eight-year-old in his reading. What this says is, is that God understands that we're complete people and in Scripture, He's chosen stories and examples that address our complete person, that can speak to our complete life. So often, many of us grew up with the idea of following God and God's ways as compartmentalizing our life, that there was God, Christianity, Jesus, spirituality, and then there was the rest of life that God didn't care about. But that's not the scriptural view. 
The scriptural view is God cares about our complete person, not just our spiritual life and not just our physical life, but also our emotional life. This is why for centuries the saints of God have turned to the Psalms, turned to Proverbs, turned to Song of Solomon, which is filled with emotive and emotional language. And throughout scriptures, you find the complexity of the emotional range that we can experience. From grief to joy. From depression to feeling free. From anger to peace. From fear to boldness. From frustration to motivation. And what I want to say in this first point is that because we were all born with emotions and the capacity to experience emotions is today, why don't you consider you're not alone? Why don't you consider you're not alone? That we all experience emotions and we all at times have highs and lows in the range of our emotions. Don't allow the devil. Don't allow your own mind. Don't allow the voice of others convince you that you're alone and what you're experiencing. You're not alone. We were all born with emotions. Can I hear an amen? amen? Second, some are more aware of their emotions than others. Though we were all born with emotions and the capacity to experience and feel the range of emotions, some of us are more aware of their emotions than others. You can find this out by talking to people and Meeting people in the community or talking to people after the gathering or talking to people here at the DP community. And you can ask the question, how are you feeling? A common response often is, I'm not sure. Actually, what becomes more common than that one, because we're not sure, is, oh, I'm good. We say I'm good and I'm doing fine because the reality is, is we're not sure how we're feeling. We're not in touch with the emotive, the emotional side of our being. In fact, some of us grew up around men or women or grandparents or people that absolutely said you must suppress, you must deny, you surely don't acknowledge your emotions and how you feel. This isn't Scripture's approach. This isn't the God who desires to sanctify and to set apart our emotions for His purpose and for His glory. See, emotions are useful, listen, because they can be clues. They can be clues that we can consider regarding things that are taking place within us. See, because the soul is made up of not just our will, but our mind, will, and emotions, they each affect each other and are deeply connected. The mind is deeply connected to the will. The will is deeply connected to the mind. The mind and will are deeply connected to our emotions. So when it comes to our emotions, we cannot always control how we feel because we live in a world that we cannot control. I'm going to say it again. See, when it comes to our emotions, we cannot always control what we're feeling because we live in a world that we cannot control. Our emotions are primarily the result of stimuli we have encountered in this uncontrollable world. As we encounter circumstances, 
as we encounter sights, as we encounter sounds, as we encounter events, they can affect how we feel. The stimuli around us affect our emotions. And though we're in a world where there's so much we can't control, so many events and sights and sounds and circumstances we can't control, there is, according to Scripture, some things that God can empower us to control. And the Bible exhorts that a born-again follower of Christ that they can renew their mind. That they can take thoughts captive into obedience of Christ. That they can submit their will to their God and to the cross of Christ. Here's what I want to encourage us. It's because we can't always control how we feel, though Scripture says that God has restored responsibility, the ability to respond by taking our thoughts captive, by submitting our will to His will, that if we would spend less time trying to control how we feel and more time considering our mind and our choices, our feelings would eventually change or no longer be significant enough to hinder our faithfulness to Him who is worthy. I'll say it again. If we would spend less time trying to control how we feel and more time considering our mind and our choices, our feelings would eventually change or no longer be a significant factor to hinder our faithfulness to Him who is worthy. They'll no longer be a significant factor to hinder our obedience if we will control what we can, which is our mind, and our will, and our choices. See, the gospel, the king and his kingdom, the gospel of God has brought unto us and restored responsibility. It is an empowering gospel. It empowers us that regardless of how I'm feeling, I have been empowered to make choices regarding what I think about, what I meditate about, what I yield my will to. This is important because, listen, you only know life based on your experience up to this point. But your future experience does not have to exactly be the same. This means that though you cannot completely unbuckle from the roller coaster ride of your emotions, your future can have a lot less emotional highs and lows. See, some of you think that you're normal because of what you've experienced in life up to this point always has to be your normal. But see, the kingdom of God is here. And it's desiring to break in to your mind and your will. And it will then greatly begin to affect your emotions. Why? Because the more your mind gets renewed and the mind of Christ formed in it, 
And the more your will gets sanctified and purified, listen, it allows a greater experience of the kingdom of God in your life. And a greater experience of the kingdom of God greatly affects the amount of highs and lows on the roller coaster called emotions. Because the scripture says that the kingdom of God is unshakable. And the more your mind gets submitted to the unshakable thoughts of the king of the kingdom. And the more your will gets set like flint upon the king and his will. The more you have two things on the outside of your emotions that are unshakable. So that when your emotions shake, the range of how far they can shake gets subdued. Yes, they shake. Yes, the emotions still happen. But the kingdom of God formed in your mind and will causes that roller coaster to get subdued a little. You know, there's roller coasters now. Zay, I'm telling you, I don't care how much I pay to get into the park. I'm not getting on that roller coaster. I mean, parks now sit in a meeting with the engineers and the owners, and all they think about is how can we outdo the other part? How can we get people one heartbeat closer <laughs> to a heart attack? Well, listen, I don't want to live life like that. I want the unshakable kingdom to come in, to break in, by my yieldingness and my obedience in my mind and will, so that when the emotions and the roller coaster emotion shakes, it's framed and contained from some of those high highs and those low drops. Can I hear an amen? The kingdom of God is unshakable. Go to Romans 14 and verse 17 this morning with me. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, though some of you are getting hungry. Some of you are getting thirsty. But righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, when the unshakable kingdom begins to be formed in your mind and formed in your will, it will cause this to be your experience. You'll experience more of the righteousness of God. Which is the foundation for his kingdom, by the way. You'll begin to experience the peace of the kingdom. A peace that surpasses all understanding. A joy in the Holy Spirit. A joy unspeakable and full of glory. See, the greater your mind and will is submitted to the king and his kingdom, the less your emotions run wild and will control you. Therefore, your current emotions can give clarity to what stimuli we have received or have been receiving. Listen, your current emotions can give clarity to what stimuli from your thoughts and your mind and what stimuli regarding your will and your choices it's been receiving. Some are more aware of their emotions because they are more aware about their thinking 
and more aware about their desires. Though we all have the emotional capacity to experience emotions, not all are more, not all are aware as others are aware. And that's because there are some people here today that are more aware regarding what they think about, what they meditate about, what they imagine, dream about. Some are more aware of their desires, of their will. They're more aware of the things that affect their emotions. What I'm saying today about this point is consider the cause, not just the emotion. Consider the cause of why you're experiencing the emotion. Don't just consider the emotion. You ask someone, how are you? I'm depressed. You can't stop there. you got to consider not just the emotion, but what is the cause of the emotion. There is some stimuli. You understand what that means? There's something in being inputted or something that has been input into your mind and will that's causing those emotions. And you have to consider the cause, not just the emotion. So you say, how are you feeling? Well, I'm depressed. But the question is, why are you depressed? Oh, you've been watching 50 documentaries on the Great Depression. <laughs> well, I get it now. I get it now. See, it's not, we just want to stay on how I'm feeling. God wants us to consider the cause of why we're feeling. If so, then he can begin to set apart our emotions for his glory because emotions can become a clue of areas in our mind and will or environment that needs to be dealt with because of how it's affecting us. Go to Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Hebrews 4 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul, that's your mind, will, and emotions, and spirit. Some of you just learned one of the best things to learn in life by being here today. And that's, you're not just a mass of atoms. You're not just physical. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in that body. But the Word of God is giving, and it's living and powerful to pierce, to divide soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, some are less aware of their emotions because without the Word of God, we can confuse our emotions and feelings for our mind and will. And the truth is, just because you feel it doesn't mean you should. Just because I felt heavy this morning and felt like hitting the snooze didn't mean I should, though I did at least twice. But I had, I had space there. I had space for the stimuli. Listen, just because you feel it doesn't mean you want to do it. See, some of you live life, and this is why life has been difficult for you. 
This is why you long just for Sundays, but because between Sunday to Sunday, the devil's serving his lunch on your plate. And the reason why is you think just because you feel it that that's what you really want to do. Who's the really want to do it part of you? Because the Bible says you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in your body. And some of you are allowing the feelings of your body to convince you that that's what you want to do. But the Bible, the kingdom's breaking in, restoring responsibility, the ability to be empowered to respond correctly, that even when my body says it wants to do it, my body's not my master, but I'm a spirit living in this body, and the body can become a servant to the real me, created in righteousness and holiness through the new birth. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Paul shares about this experience all through Romans 7 throughout his writings that he allowed the word of God to make him aware about his emotions and what he was experiencing because ultimately only the word of God can divide perfectly where what you're feeling or the emotions are coming from. Only the word of God can divide perfectly that those desires are coming not from the real you, your, what the Bible calls your inner man, your spirit man, but they're coming from your emotions or they're coming from your feelings or lust of the members of your body. So emotions and, and feelings can be stemming from our physical body. They can be stemming from the will, the desires of the soul, and only the Word of God can divide it. So when you begin to see a believer whose life you've watched and observed and you see that their life begins to demonstrate the unshakableness of God's kingdom, that though they go through fire, they don't come out always bitter and smelling like smoke, that though they go through the flood, they don't drown and flip out and have high ranges of emotional highs and emotional lows and inconsistencies, what you're seeing is, is you're seeing someone allowed the kingdom of God and the word of God to rightly divide for them what they're experiencing. And they can identify and consider correctly what it is that they're experiencing. When we talk about awareness, being aware of our emotions, it's important to understand that awareness includes being able to confess and communicate about the feelings. See, do you know what is a, a great fruit of truly understanding a subject? Is the ability to communicate or write about it in order for others to understand. That's what great teachers do like Rachel and others in our community. Is that for them to really know that the student has learned the subject, there has to be a way for the student to be able to communicate and express the knowledge they have. And this is why when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he used stories. He used parables. This is why some of you can be totally unaware of the emotions you're experiencing in this season, much less the cause of why you're experiencing those emotions. And definitely cannot communicate an awareness of what's taking place. But listen, you can go to a movie theater 
and pay about $15.50 now for a movie. But some point in that movie, you will be watching a story. You'll be watching something. And it will begin to cause you to identify, to relate with what you're seeing. And that relating of another person's event and what they're experiencing as you watch their story helps you begin to relate and come to awareness that you can identify with the emotions and the feelings that that person is in that event. See, listen, this is the power of stories. Is it helps us begin to relate. And in relating, it helps us begin to become aware. And a moment happens where we say, I wasn't even cognitive that I felt that way. I wasn't even aware that my will and those desires caused such feelings in me. For some of you, when you see the story and you listen to the story of others, you become aware that you have a passion to minister to such people, to be used of God, to identify and walk with such people through life. But you wasn't aware until you saw that happening in a story. Here's my point. If all we are aware of is our own story... We, will re- we really will not be fully aware of our story. I'll say it again. If all we are aware of is our own story, we really will not be fully aware of our story. See, God uses movies, stories, parables. This is why Jesus used stories and parables and taught. He uses other stories to help us become aware of what is currently in our story. No one is an island to themselves. And no one wants to be an island to themselves, I assure you. So consider, here's what you do. You're in this season and you don't know the range of your emotions or or you're experiencing emotions, but you don't know why. Listen to me. Consider what stories you are relating with in this season. Consider what stories you're hearing about people or in movies or documentaries. Consider what stories you're really relating with because listen, that relation, why you're relating with it is because it is connecting something that maybe mentally and even in your will you're not aware of that you're actually experiencing in your season. Are you with me? All right. So we were all born with the capacity to experience emotions. Though we're not all aware of our emotions as much as others. And lastly, none of us are to live by our emotions. And here's where I wanted to get to. The just shall live by their emotions? No. The just shall live by faith, Romans 1 and 17. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from feeling to feeling? No. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed faith to faith, Romans 1 and 17. Since you feel angry, sin. No. Be angry and do not sin. Ephesians 4 and 26. Emotions are a valid aspect of being human. But they are not a valid aspect of being obedient. I'll say it again. Emotions are a valid aspect of being human. But they are not a valid aspect of being obedient. So the scripture never says deny 
that you're experiencing those feelings. It just teaches us to not look to those feelings to be a valid source for your obedience to the Lord. Meaning, do I feel like it is always the wrong starting point. If you want to be moved into what God has for you, then starting with, do I feel like it, is always the wrong starting point. It's always the wrong starting point for action, for choices, for wise decisions. You need to consider the why. Why do I want to obey? Why is what I'm seeking to involve myself in valuable? You want to consider the why. The why it's valuable, not the wine. Because listen, when God calls you to something, when God wants to use you, you got to focus on the why it's valuable, not the wine. Because listen, there will be parts of your life that will start to whine. Your flesh will start to whine. Emotions will start to whine. And you don't want to consider the wine and the reasons of your flesh and your emotions and your feelings why you shouldn't obey God. You want to consider the value of why you should obey God. This is why the way of living in the New Testament is by faith. The just shall live by faith. You want to experience the life and the life more abundant than Jesus came to bring you and that the kingdom of God has made available for us. The just shall live by faith, not their emotions. See, listen, there would be no need for faith if we never had contrary feelings and emotions. Think about it. If you always felt like obeying God, if you always felt like a woman of God and a man of God, you wouldn't need no faith. If you always felt like doing God's will, you wouldn't need no faith. The contrary emotions and feelings provides a context for faith to be desired, faith to be needed, to turn to God, for faith to be created. Received, expressed, and held on to. We can obey. We can obey. We can deny ourselves. We can take up our cross even when our emotions scream no. I can by faith obey God even when my feelings say otherwise. Did you know that? I don't have to eat. That's one of the powerful things about living a fasted life. Is that you learn, I don't have to eat. You don't have to eat when your body screams eat. And it's the same principle of faith that when your emotions say walk away from God, when circumstances say that your God is not faithful, when people and people around you try to stir your emotions to follow the course of this world, that you don't have to be moved by what you feel in those moments in your emotions, you can be moved by faith in a faithful God who is unchanging and that He's not a man that He should lie. Apostle Paul is talking to the elders in Ephesus. The Holy Spirit had been witnessing to him that he had reached a place in his journey of faithful service to the Lord for decades and that chains and probably martyrdom 
dome uh, awaits him, that he would lose his life for the cause of Christ. And the elders in Ephesus, as Paul says, this is the last time I see, they fall down to Paul and they begin to tell and weeping, say, Paul, Paul. And you know what he said? Paraphrase, he said, get up. He said, these things don't move me. That I might finish the course that Jesus Christ has for me. What's he saying? Yes, there's emotions. Yes, I wish I could be with you longer. Yes, I... But listen, there's coming a day when we're going to all the saints gather together for eternity. And Paul says that the emotional range don't move me, but the will of my king moves me. That's an unshakable kingdom. That is a person and a woman that hell fears and trembles when gets out of the bed because he can't cause a flat tire to move you. He can't cause some wrong word by a coworker to move you. He can't allow stimuli around you to cause you to be led by your emotions. He knows there is one that's built on the unshakable king and the unshakable kingdom. And you are moved by the voice of your perfect father. You're moved by the love of a perfect savior. You're moved by the compelling power of a great perfect comforter the Holy Spirit say I would pay good money and I know Pastor Craig would as well we'd pay good money if you could experience where you come to understand that we experience the same thing you do That we experience the same emotional range you do. We experience days where we don't feel saved like you do maybe. Because listen, the devil hounds so many of you by trying to convince you that you're alone in your emotional experience. And you're not. It's that the emotional experience is the context for you to say hallelujah God, you want to create some faith in me to be able to hold fast to you even when I don't feel like holding fast. Hebrews 11 verse 1, it's called the chapter of faith. It begins in verse 1 saying, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for it by the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Hebrews 11 verse 4. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it, through it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away. So that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How many want a testimony? A witness. Before you die. Not a crapshoot when you stand before God. I'm talking about a witness before you die. That you please God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warmed of things not yet seen, he was moved, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. 
By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise for he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God by faith Sarah conceived she received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised notice this it was by it it was by faith that the elders obtained a good testimony It's only by faith that your life can obtain a testimony of the kingdom of God, of the goodness of God. Listen, it wasn't by emotions that they obtained a good testimony. It was by faith. But your emotions become an opportunity to let Jesus create some faith in you and for you to express and hold on to some faith even when you feel contradicting evidence. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. It's not by how he felt. It was by faith that you can offer more to God. You think that some people, because God uses them more, that they're experiencing less emotions, less trial? No, 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 no. It's by faith they've learned all for more. That a God who says that you can sow seed and let the thing die, but it will be resurrected and then multiplied. That you can cast your seed upon many waters and it will return to you. That you can give and it will be given to you. That you can surrender and lay down and it will be resurrected and pressed down and given back to you. It's by faith. I don't know how we're going to acquire a building or land or even build buildings, but I really know how. It's by faith. I don't know how God's going to connect us to more leaders that's ready to be equipped and trained in a part of a holistic model of manifesting Christ. But I really do know how. It's by faith. I don't know how. We're going to get people who need and know that they need the pattern of sound teaching to commit themselves and be faithful to it and not move because it's raining or move because of relative in this. But listen, I really do know how. It's by faith. I don't know how some of you are going to walk through what you're having to walk through to make it through this season. Allow the kingdom of God be born in you. But I really do know how. It's by faith. Oh, it's by faith that the elders obtained a good testimony. It's by faith that you can get a witness that you're righteous before God. It's by faith that you can please God. It's without faith it's impossible to please God. It's by faith. And I get frustrated when I start trying to figure out in my own mind and by my own hand how today God says you need to consider that it's by faith faith notice what Sarah did 
when it was impossible. She didn't consider the impossibility of the situation and the event. She considered Him who is faithful to be faithful. And God is saying today, stop considering the emotion. Stop considering all of that stimuli and consider Jesus, the author and the perfecter and the finisher of your faith. It's by faith Noah was moved. Can you imagine? It was by faith he was moved. Moved to build an ark when it hadn't even rained. No evidence in the history of mankind that it was going to rain. But it was by faith. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out in the community, to a new community, to go out on the mission of God. I'm sure he didn't feel like it. I'm sure his emotions the whole time. It was possible that he's walking away from his family and what he knew with tears rolling down his face and his emotions completely unraveled. But he still obeyed. You know how? By faith. We don't have to be moved by our emotions. We can be moved by a faithful God who creates faith in us to hold fast to Him. Abraham dwelt by faith in the land of promise. Listen, it takes faith to dwell in the same place. Waiting, knowing that he who waits on the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall mount up again like eagles with wings of eagles. Shall run and not grow weary. Shall walk and not faint. By faith. Verse 15 of Hebrews 11, it says, And truly, if they all had, listen, here it is. If Sarah had, if Noah had, if Enoch had, if Abel had, if the elders had, if Sarah had, if if they all had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. Listen to me. That which calls to the mind seeks an opportunity to return. The world calls to your mind because it seeks an opportunity to return and get in your heart. There's people from the past that call and seek an opportunity to return. Maybe it's not the season. Maybe they're not the right relationship. But I can tell you there's another voice from heaven that calls to your mind today. And His name is Jesus. He calls to our mind to sanctify the spirit, soul, and body before He returns. Listen, that which you recall to the mind provides opportunity for certain emotions to return. The why am I experiencing the emotion? Some of it is because what you recall to the mind allows you to experience emotions attached to previous events, previous circumstances, previous experiences of your life. You have to be careful because it says that that which calls to the mind, if they would have called it back to the mind, they would have had opportunity to return. You want to know how not have opportunity to return to a past life, to past addictions, to past wrong choices? I tell you how. Don't allow those things to call to your mind, but allow the Word of God to call to your mind and take thoughts captive and get your will submitted to the Lord. And that will cause there to be an anchor on the right and an anchor on the left when the emotions, the 
roller coaster starts to shake. Times when it doesn't feel like Jesus is better. Listen, consider Him. Don't consider the emotion, consider Jesus. Consider who He is. Count the cost. Deny the emotion, the opportunity to cause you to return as a dog returns to its vomit. Listen, you have to consider correctly. Paul often uses the language, do you not know? Do you not know that you're dead to sin, but you're now alive for a life to live to God? He says you got to consider it true. He didn't say you're going to feel dead to sin. He didn't say that sin's not going to feel appealing. He didn't say you're going to feel dead to certain emotions. He just said you got to consider you're dead to sin, but you're now alive to live for God. What are you considering? He didn't say you'll feel yourself dead. He just said you got to consider yourself dead. And what happens when we get in fights, when we get emotional? What's the last thing we want to do? Consider. Some of you are fighting against God because the last thing you want to do is to consider Jesus. All you want to do is to consider your emotions. When you consider the right things, it will help you choose the right thing. Even if you feel the wrong things. Because the just shall live by faith. Lastly, we're going to open up the altars for a time of ministry. And I'm confident that God... He wants to heal emotions. I'm confident because He sent His Son and His Son shed His blood and He died so that our emotions can be healed. Because listen, one of the things that keep people bound up for so long is people think that like the mind can be renewed. People think emotions can be renewed. Listen, no, 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 no. If you already have negative emotions, listen, you can change your mind all day long, but it's not going to heal that broken heart. I turned to substance abuse and addiction because I didn't know a Jesus. A full understanding of Jesus and His kingdom. They didn't just come to take me to heaven one day, but came to bring the kingdom to invade my life. To bring healing where there's brokenness. See, listen, negative emotions from a broken heart must be healed. It cannot be reprogrammed. In conclusion, Isaiah 53, the prophet Isaiah, he sees the vision of the suffering Messiah, the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, who would come. And he says, who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, Jesus, the Messiah, shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of the dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. There's all kinds of other things that look beautiful to you today to find the way to deal with emotions. But Jesus is who you really need to consider. Though He don't look like the better option, though He doesn't look beautiful to the natural eyes in your flesh, He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows. In the Hebrew it means a man of pains. And acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from Him. He was despised. 
We didn't, did not esteem Him. Surely has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, our pains. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. Let me ask you, is that emotional pain? He carried our sorrows and our pains. Is that our emotional pain? Yes. Because in Luke 4, 17 and 18, when Jesus starts His ministry, He comes out of the wilderness field with the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit. He takes the scroll of Isaiah. He opens it to Isaiah 61. And He quotes, as Luke says in Luke 4, 17 and 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Watch this. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted can't be forgotten. Broken hearts can't be reprogrammed. Broken hearts must be healed. In Isaiah where Jesus quotes from, it concludes in the passage saying that God brings the acceptable year of favor to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. Watch this. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God wants to give you healing of broken hearts, damaged emotions. But listen, you can only receive what God longs to give one way. And that's by faith. And right now they're going to start to play. And if you, by God's mercy and grace, the Holy Spirit has created in you today an expectation of faith to believe the report. That He carried away those pains, those emotional pains, and you don't have to carry them. That you truly can, I'm telling you, come to an altar and experience by the anointing of God the healing hand of Jesus and leave through those doors free from that emotional pain. Someone reached out to me, he's been in my life for a long time, and said, you're the only person I know that comes out of a past like me that has been faithful to walk with Jesus. And every so often I, I find myself in the same cycle, and I want to tell you why. You want to know why? Because of altars. Where I believe the report of the Lord that if I was ever going to be unshakable, God was going to have to heal some emotions from rejection of a father. He was going to have to heal some emotions from broken relationships and bad choices. That God was going to have to heal some emotions. And He did. As they play, the altar's open. We'll pray for you. Again, thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at www.dwellingplacemovement.org.